0: Accelerating, accelerating
1: your, your fandom, fandom. This, this is flash TV talk. tv talk welcome to flash tv talk the fan podcast dedicated to news reviews and more
0: for the hit cw show the flash i'm bo and i'm Bloodwork. i mean one of Bloodwork. work I, I, I mean i mean i'm bell i'm bell well bell how how you doing how you doing tonight i feel a lot of unity bo with well my- if you don't
1: If you don't feel fear, then you can't technically be part of the hive mind that is blood work and his blood brothers. Unless I'm already part of them. Uh, even then, I mean, I guess you're right. We did actually see Barry. You know what? We're actually jumping way ahead of ourselves. (laughs) 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 here.
0: All Man, for no, the we, sake of a bit. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I, look, it was an excellent episode, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it this uh, this evening, and uh, looking forward to uh, to sharing that with you. By the way, we are live at Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. We, we typically mention it at the end of every single episode, but if you'd love to come and join us for a live show, that's the place to do it. Uh, so, yeah, Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And, um, yeah, we've got we've got an episode. We also have a crisis coming if you hadn't heard. We've got the flash TV talk Crisis house party that is going to be happening next week, in fact, next Tuesday. Now, Bell, here's the deal. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Go to TVTalk.fm. You've got the banner right there. You can click it to go through to get your tickets. If you're going to be in the Austin area, uh, December 10th, it's $60. bucks. you are going to get drinks. You're going to get food. You're going to get a live podcast. We're all going to watch the episode together, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in the Austin area want to come and join us, please do. But you got to get those tickets before the end of day Friday, because at that point, tickets go off, and we send out all the information to everybody who's got tickets as to where they're going to actually go, because it's been very, uh, you know, it's... it's, it's uh it's a secret location. Belt. Yes. That's, that's, that's what it is. It's a, a whole different Earth. <laughs> but, but, but an Earth accessible to those in the Austin and surrounding areas. So, uh, yeah, there you go. It's going to be a lot of fun. But anyway, so yes, so uh, tickets are on sale until end of day Friday. So be sure to lock down those tickets, uh, tvtalk.fm, click the banner. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see uh, a couple of y'all there. I think we got to, you know, we got we to, gotta, it's going to be an intimate group. It's going to be intimate gathering, which we always knew it would be. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm super looking forward to it. Like, it, it's I got so much stuff going on this weekend. It's gonna be crazy. Like, I'm going to Dallas for a hockey game, and then I got oh. you know the, the house party on Tuesday. After that, like it's it's yeah. gonna be a really exciting week, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think it's gonna be good to see you again, and also to see uh, all of uh, all of all of you, the fans, to come and uh, <laughs> that's and, and right. Check man. it out. So uh, very excited. It's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: look i'm shocked we have even a handful at this point so i'm I'm really really excited for those of you who are able to come out and again uh, if you want to this is the last chance to get it done so please do that all right man so we uh have got an episode we got to jump into this episode are you ready sir i'm ready let's jump into the rundown the The rundown. rundown Episode 8 of Season 6, The Last Temptation of Barry Allen, Part 2, directed by Michael
0: Nankin, and story by... Kristen Kim and Joshua V. Gilbert. Bell, what happened this episode? With the Flash under his control, Bloodwork attacks Central City and converts most of his citizens into his blood brothers and sisters. Sisko and Iris argue over how to save Barry and stop Bloodwork, but both of their plans fail. However, Bloodwork chooses not to convert them in favor of enacting the final phase of his plan, which is taking the Particle Accelerator to spread his blood across all of Central City. As he makes his way inside, Sisko and Iris realize that during their last encounter, Barry used his connection to Bloodwork to save them and secretly tell them how to beat him. Using a combination of Bloodwork's blood, the Particle Accelerator, and Allegra's powers, Team Flash subvert Bloodwork's plan and cure Central City of his influence. With his plan foiled, Bloodwork transforms into a monster to kill the Flash and begin anew, only to be distracted by a hallucination of his mother long enough for the speedster to trap him in Runk's prison. With Bloodwork remanded to Argus' custody, Team Flash spend their last moments before Crisis together, just as red skies loom over them. Meanwhile, Nash uncovers a wall of symbols before a blinding light pulls him inside.
1: Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) All right, um, hmm. You know what? I was gonna end with this, but I kind of want to start with it. Okay. This this did not feel like a mid season finale. It felt like a season finale. It felt like a fantastic
0: season finale. It, it, would Would you not agree, Bill? I thought it was really good. I I I I will say I was a little disappointed, uh, but I was kind of at the end uh, uh, less. A little disappointed
1: whoa 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 whoa, whoa! wow i did not expect that reaction had i expected that i would have saved this for the end really you 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 felt some disappointment here
0: just, just a little bit just a little bit um and it was uh it, it was kind of redeemed by the hints that they were dropping right where because uh, i kind of thought there might be a little bit more like inside barry's head kind of fighting blood work sort of stuff that was going to happen oh, okay, uh, and, okay. and, and and so uh, we didn't get that however we did see barry dropping hints through blood work, which I thought was cool. Like when, uh, you know, when, um, uh, Iris meets Barry, uh, you know, at home and everything. And he's like, you know, trust, you know, trust, like, I forget exactly what he says, uh, what, what blood or, 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 dark flash says, but at the end there, you know, he says something like, trust me, uh, or trust me, Iris, like,
1: uh, you know, he's. I'm coming home to you, and then you know, then Cisco got the. Uh, you know, I knew I picked the right guy. But all right, all right all right. We'll, right, we, right. all right, we'll we'll get into the the little character arcs here in a second. Now I'm talking about overall, man. We're talking about apocalyptic level event. Yes. right? This yes. is this is the quote unquote the big bad executing their Order Sixty Six. And doing so all over the place so that, you know, you know, the stakes have never been higher, so to speak, right? Like that's always the thing at the end of every single season is the villain of that season comes to whatever their master plan is and either succeeds uh, partially, doesn't succeed at all, or, um, well, that's actually that
0: that's it's one of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, from that standpoint, I, I totally agree. It felt like it like a season finale. It felt like a, a, a good closure for for Bloodworks arc.
1: I'm gonna add something else to this too. I really, really dug Bloodwork. You know, as a as a half season uh, villain, I think. and, And if anything, I feel like he almost kind of communicated to me that some of the other villains that we've had that I felt a little bit less um excited about as time went on may have actually been better served had they been kind of condensed into a half season looking at you thinker i think that there could have been something there cicada like there could have been something there if there was much more of a condensed storyline but what, what are your thoughts
0: on that no absolutely i completely agree i i saw your ranking of your villains uh that you put out and uh you know the ones that were towards the bottom were cicada and thinker and i i would have put cicada at the bottom and thinker above him but uh I feel like for sure, and again, this is something I've advocated for since the show started, that that they need these more condensed storylines. Tell, you know, two, maybe three arcs across the entirety of, of, the, of the season. And yeah, Bloodwork did that perfectly. It, he was a great villain. Uh, we had a great arc for his character and a, a great ending, like, a, you know, uh, uh, last episode and this episode together being, you know, a two part episode just really kind of tied that first season with a nice little bow on it, right? That first little <laughs> story arc there. And and it was great. And uh, there wasn't, you know, every time we saw Bloodwork, it was something that was significant. There was filler, but it wasn't Bloodwork filler. It wasn't like Oh no! Cicada got away for the fourteenth time this season because right, we didn't do right. anything. Yeah, like like th- there wasn't any of that. There wasn't anything annoying about blood work where it's like, oh, come on already, get on with it. It it was it was a lot, you know, uh, more concise and and, and distilled and uh, you know pure, right? Then,
1: well, than other I mean, it was enemies. we we got the opportunity to sprint when we needed to sprint and to you know there wasn't this um, you know there was kind of a how do you even put this. They, I feel like there was enough of the setup for blood work that was sprinkled throughout so that once we really got a chance to focus on him was when he was very interesting. And I think this is true of a lot of these villains is that they're the most interesting when they are actually villains, right? Unless yes. when we're kind of... You know, peeling back some of the stuff. Sometimes that's interesting. You know, I, I would actually like that for some of the villains that we've gotten. Uh, you know, a backstory for Eobard Thon would be really great as part of kind of a rebirth type of uh, story, although I think we're probably not going to get that since we've already gotten the explanation with him kind of taking in the negative speed force, and that's how he was able to escape his erasure of time. But regardless, Bell, earlier you mentioned uh, uh, a few moments ago uh, a list, which is what I kind of put out to Facebook and Twitter on the Flash TV Talk uh, accounts, asking folks how they kind of ranked these season-long villains. And I do, by the way, consider Bloodwork a season-long villain. I consider whoever's coming in the second half to be a season-long villain, assuming that we, we have somebody in the second half. But one way or the other, I mean, I, to me, uh, because of the way this was executed, because of the the, uh, the grandiose nature of this particular midseason finale, he absolutely is up there with um, all the rest, which would be Eobard, which would be Savitar, Zoom, Cicada, Thinker, all the, the kind of main big bads of a season, even though he was kind of given half a season. now. You know, I, I think it is uh, really, really fascinating as we've seen some of these folks, uh, some of the responses come in. Bloodwork has been traditionally pretty high with a few exceptions. Um, and you mentioned, Bell, that on my list, you know, I, I had at the very bottom, I had Cicada and Thinker. You said that you would kind of flip it, Thinker and Cicada. It, it, here's one of the reasons why I kind of where everybody fell out. One of the things that I really love about Bloodwork is that he has a very clearly defined, you know, quote unquote villainous plan. He doesn't think it's a villainous plan. He think that he thinks that it's, you know, good and helpful. Uh, you know, it's not a Zoom type of deal where he just wants to destroy everything because he's crazy, right? Yeah. Like he, he actually, he wants to defeat death and he's allowed that to kind of corrupt him and to essentially become something else as he converts entire humanity into this hive mind, which is such a, like a fantastic supervillain, you know, grotesque type of story, which by the way, this entire season should have been the Halloween episode. I know, dire scene. I mean, at least the last like several episodes, like you could have like crammed them together and just you know released them all on Halloween, and they would have fit perfectly. It got freakier and freakier as it went along, and with the character like Bloodwork, there's no other way to
0: to go with it. I mean, Ben, they went they went full comic book Bloodwork with this. Yes, and that was one of the things that kind of redeemed it for me because I, I was halfway expecting like the comic book, you know, monstrous Bloodwork battle to go on in Barry's head kind of thing but no they they brought it out into the real world and I thought that was super cool like it was great effects on blood work the the face was just like creepy and horrific and like the the pustules and the you know red sinew and stuff yeah it looked wonderful and it was uh it was a a long time coming and I'm glad they actually went with that I I I wasn't sure you know with with crisis and the the budgets and things like that if they were gonna be able to devote that much to blood work and they did and it was great
1: yeah, you know, I, I think it was very serviceable for like, you know, one of the great things about this show is that it's a CW show and the CW shows have been, you know, they've been doing very well with, you know, these uh, superheroes They've really kind of tied a lot of their their special effects budgets up in that. But the other thing, too, is it's a CW show. So it's not like we're expecting HBO Dragon on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. all of us have the appropriate level expectations of, of what we're going to see. And I thought all things considered, he looked fantastic. I was just shocked they even went there.
0: Yeah, yeah that that was that was my big takeaway too. Is that like, holy crap they they actually did it, and I I didn't think that was going to come, and so that was a really nice surprise. And the fact that it looked, you know, like you said, all things considered, but I still think it looked really good. You know, it. it no, wasn't, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, like you said, it's not like you know Game of Thrones dragons or like you know uh uh henry cavill's upper lip and 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 uh (laughs) no no hang on hang on no no no. we are we are we are definitely above the upper lip (laughs) oh of course of course that was that was clearly a joke but uh yeah it was it was very very it, it was it was tremendously good for the cw but i i still think you know compared to other things it was still you know very good uh you know, for I want to
1: push back on something you said because you said that the 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 monstrous uh, coming out like full blood work really kind of redeemed it for you and and that you would have liked to see this this battle of the minds. I'm actually really glad they did not do that. I thought it was great last episode for what was going on with Barry, um, but I feel like that kind of uh, you know battle on the mental plane or whatever was really more of like a thinker thing and doesn't really fit the the physical visceral nature of what a monstrous villain like bloodwork should be um i do like by the way that we saw a little bit of it at the very end and to some extent this episode was a little bit predictable if i i mean like my my only critique and it, i don't even know that it's that much of a critique because i'm never one to complain when you give me what i want <laughs> you know what i mean yeah bell will complain you come up you come up and uh you roll up at his house with cake and ice cream he'll just be like ah oh, yeah because you know i like cake and ice cream and so and he'll sit there and he'll eat it and he will just complain about the fact that he's getting everything he wanted served to him on a silver platter this
0: is untrue this is, and, this is and mildly this, true this slight against me will not stand uh will, go back and listen. see you in austin in court okay Five. not well, at the house party <laughs> civil war three it's on okay. yeah. <laughs> wouldn't this be like civil war five at this point i don't i don't, I don't know. know i've S- lost somewhere there
1: <laughs> anyway point is that i i actually um i thought this really this worked really really well um i loved dark flash uh, it just like it sounds weird to say this but gorgeous vis- visual like it was it was disgustingly Beautiful in its execution
0: <laughs> Yeah, it uh, and grant just looks so creepy like he's so he can, creepy he can, he can like it's it's really astonishing to me how like Just his facial expressions he can go from like, you know, this really, you know uh, uh, Nice hopeful kind of smile look on his face or like when you know when he's talking with with papa joe like the emotion on there but the <laughs> grant can play a creepy dude and that creepy, creepy smile even without the teeth i think it would still just look just ugh, it makes my skin crawl
1: i know i know yeah like yeah grants if we ever get the opportunity to meet in person i know you're listening if we ever get a chance to meet in person please don't don't give us that smile
0: well, you know what? That's that's what you do when you do have a bunch of fans like crowding and stuff like that. Just give them that smile, and they'll be like, "Uh, "You know what? That's exactly what
1: he should do. That's exactly what he should do." You you know they're those crazed fans that just like get up all up in his personal space. So he just needs to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And 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 everybody, if you're listening, and you see Grant on the street, and he gives you that look, that's the sign. That's you know, that's that. Give him some space. He's Dark Flash right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but absolutely, uh, amazing visuals throughout. Um, you know, <laughs> you mentioned of course the, the teeth and I, I was almost wondering during the entire thing, if that was actually CGI or if he had some sort
0: of like, like goo in his mouth. Oh, it's goo. You think it's goo? Well, okay. So, uh, Candace Patton posted a, uh, a little video on Twitter about that, where, uh, they were applying makeup to her teeth for the scene in last week's Mm -hmm. episode with Mm -hmm. the lunch. And so I'm, I'm assuming it was the same kind of deal. They're like painting this black stuff on the teeth to make them look all gross and, and blood worky.
1: Interesting. Wow, man. I, you know, that's, you mentioned last week's episode. I almost kind of really want to really go back and rewatch that episode, with the context now that we know what's coming because i wonder how much of that was somewhat prophetic uh i mean obviously Bloodwork had his his vision of what he wanted to accomplish and he was uh, successful at least momentarily so we did get a chance to see the fruition of of what he was trying to build towards in this um but i i do love just again how creepy uh, barry looked you know when when iris mentioned the you know in sickness or in health yeah i was like i was like iris i, I don't know iris you hadn't seen how bad <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, in, in sickness and in health, you know, sickness to me, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, okay, you got like a terminal disease or something like that. Not when you're possessed by a sentient disease. Like, I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think I think there's levels of in sickness and health and maybe, uh, undeath
1: you know. isn't really part of your mouth. Like, know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, but you know, Hey, look, I, I, I
1: thought that was great. I thought it was a great, um, just the, the determination and the resolve that she had in that moment to, um, it was a, you know, you put yourself in kind of the mindset of where she's at with this daunting situation. Um, you know, we have Cisco locking down Star
0: Labs, which, by the way, first time we ever see security, and they go all out. I know, right? They go from you know people just sneaking in there to now there's an impenetrable force field. But you know, it, see that's better- where
1: the budget for the uh, for the padlocks went in. They, they <laughs> were gonna get, <laughs>
0: they're gonna
1: get padlocks. Now, like, now no, it's got to go to the bubble budget. <laughs> it will better late than never, I suppose. Right, uh, but I, I did think you know with with the Star Labs uh, security or lack thereof being like the biggest running gag of the fans of the show since like literally the beginning for them to have this massive lockdown. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they didn't necessarily even acknowledge it. <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, I kind of thought there'd be a little jab in there, be like you know iris would say something like how long have you had this dome and why is it that every week somebody sneaks in here and, and you've had this the whole time you know
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 like I'm, I'm pretty sure captain cold's not even dead he's just hanging out you know yeah <laughs> it's a, it's a big place and there are only like six or seven people in there most of the time he's probably on the other side of the building and uh and just going in and out so he like leaves you know to go to make a grocery run he comes back there's a bubble he's like what well, where where did this come from <laughs>
0: It just pans around as like the back of Central City, like you know Captain cole, or the back of uh, Star Labs. Captain cole has got like two armfuls of groceries, trying to like you know struggle <laughs> right. with his keys to get into the back door, and like he's like the force field comes up. He's like, like oh man, I got <laughs> ice cream in here. <laughs> it's like like never in the last five years, what what on earth? Anyway, I think <laughs>
1: that was that was great though. But I, I love the fact that there have been you know the, the notion of protocols existing for when the hero goes rogue i mean this is kind of a a standard that you see in a lot of superhero stories you know super superman has some contingencies obviously we know that batman is the king of contingencies and so having something like this i thought was really interesting i am surprised speaking of captain coldman i I would have thought they might have actually armed themselves with cold-based weapons since we know that that's kind of one of his primary weaknesses
0: yeah that was something that i kind of thought about too i was like okay so you got the the dome that makes sense, but what if he's already inside? Like, what's your contingency then? Would there be? I mean, is, is it just frost? Is frost your contingency at that point? Or I thought maybe they'd have like a, like a, a, like liquid nitrogen guns or something like that they could spray yeah. him with, or you know, whatever. But yeah, that's 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 a that's an interesting point.
1: Well, frost was the chess piece in the field. I mean, like you know, throughout as as things were getting worse and worse you know, again, I, I mentioned apocalyptic level event, right? Like that that's what this is. And every single season finale with, I think actually, you know what, let's see. I, I think, I think it's accurate to say that almost every single season finale has had an apocalyptic level event. What was, except for maybe last one, last one was much more of a personal situation because it was dedicated to the daughter uh, and her potential erasure from, uh, history and the release of eobard thaw now granted you could argue that eobard thaw being back in the present is apocalyptic le- apocalyptic level in its own right yeah but um you know uh you had the uh the you know the rip in time and space and in the you know crazy time tornado that was happening in in the first uh first episode our first season you also had a uh, zoom with the ferris wheel to destroy the multiverse um that was that that happened Uh, you had the opening of the speed force and kind of ripping apart the city. So Barry had to go and kind of become one with the speed force to, to cut it out. You had the thinker wanting to essentially kind of de-evolve everybody. And, um, yeah. And then, like I said, you've got, um, uh, uh, Eobard being released, which is a little bit more of a a personal thing. Uh, who, who am I missing? I'm missing one.
0: Well, um, okay. So we had, uh, Eobard season one with the, uh, the, the rip, the singularity that opened uh, season two, uh, Jay's Ferris wheel of death. Season three was Savitar's. Um,
1: well, was, that was when the speed force erupted.
0: Right. Remember? They beat, was, like, they beat. Yeah. The by beating Savitar opened up the speed force and uh, Barry had to go in to calm it. Season four uh, thinkers. Uh, that was more of a global catastrophe.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, apocalyptic. That's, that's end, end of Yo, the year. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. Like, like usually it's central city related, but this one was actually, you know, global. Right. Um, and so thinker season four season five cicada well cicada's plan was to kill all the metahumans and that was kind of i mean that's not he didn't have like an apocalyptic way to do so he was just going to murder them all individually right
1: yeah yeah okay all right so i'm i'm, I'm catching all of them then yeah yeah, know, yeah, cicada, yeah cicada's all, plot cicada's plot was never necessarily apocalyptic they just wanted to it was more xenophobic than anything else but um, no, the the, the the crux of that one had more to do with Nora, uh, whether or not she'd be able to sustain the changes in the timeline. Yeah. And so that wasn't necessarily an apocalypse, although you could argue it was kind of an emotional apocalypse for uh, especially for Barry and Iris throughout that. Um, but yeah, no. So but this one, we're kind of back onto to that, you know, large level, global level threat with with uh, blood work doing his thing. And we have no speedster. In fact, we actually have a speedster. We have an evil speedster and no speedster to combat said speedster. Right. Yeah. So. And the only person we have in the field, the only powered individual we have in the field is Frost. Now, I don't want to knock Frost. She is, uh, she's obviously a a very strong contender. She is a powerhouse, uh, handles the aggro quite well, um, and is a fantastic, you know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but she's a fantastic hero, even though she <laughs> should be a villain, but that, you know, it's mul- it's a multiverse, whatever. She's she's a fantastic hero or, or anti-hero, whatever you want to call her. But I don't think this is a job that Frost alone can handle. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, we need to, like, where's Wally? Uh, Like, can we call anybody? Yeah. There there has to be more of a contingency plan, like when when the Flash goes rogue. I mean, if anything, and I know this is nitpicking because obviously they only have access to the, the characters they have access to here. But I mean, like, wouldn't this be, wouldn't part of Barry's contingency be call Oliver?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would think so. Or elongated man. They were prepping him for this. Where was where was elongated man? That was my question. So I'm guessing he was still recovering uh, uh, from Bloodwork's illness. That's true. Yeah, I guess he
1: was on that. But everybody else recovered pretty quick. Well,
0: they you know they they didn't they didn't mention it, uh, and I'm sure like I, I kind of thought there would be a thing where after the explosion bit happened and everybody was like all of a sudden hey I'm better that we'd see him kind of like wake up and be like oh I feel so much better now or something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, he felt he felt very absent in this episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just because of how big the threat was, it was it was surprising that there wasn't somebody to do that. No, I did, I did like how we got the um, Caitlyn and the Frost relationship, like how Frost is obviously, she's been center stage, she's been the one at the wheel. Um, and in the most recent episodes, we've seen her kind of shifting back and forth, especially when medical situations come along. And it's interesting to me that we're seeing Caitlyn actually coaxing Frost to actually stay in Frost mode, right? for them to be able to kind of team up in that moment rather than kind of embrace coming back. You know, it's an odd situation, the dynamic between these two essentially personalities. They, they treat them as if they're two different people, but they're not right. Like it it gets a little black mirror esque when we look at them as two different people. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, but they are, they are, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're two completely separate personalities inside one body.
1: I guess. But I mean, if somebody else was taking your body for a ride and you were cognizant of what was going on, but had no control, that sounds like torture to me.
0: Well, and that's that was the point that Killer Frost made. You know, she was saying, I've been in your head for all these years and I've never got a chance to live my own life. That's why Caitlin all of a sudden kind of realized it and was like, yeah, OK, go live your life. I'll sit in the back seat for a while. Yeah, I I don't know. They, just, they, it, they hadn't touched on it because, yes, the implication there is that she's been sitting there imprisoning this person in her head for her entire life yeah
1: no i i get that i'm but at the same time like I, I i don't know i'm i'm very curious to see if if we i would prefer at some point that we could get a merger of these two personalities that she could be fully killer frost and fully
0: caitlin you know what i mean i feel like something like that's coming um where's the
1: therapist this is really a job for that therapist <laughs> we hadn't seen her in like a season come on
0: yeah yeah
1: That would actually be great. Um, All right. So uh, one way or the other, she is out there. She is trying to uh, handle everything. She's doing a fantastic job of it, given the fact that she is up against kind of a a zombie-esque apocalypse. Now, we did learn, of course, that these people are not actual zombies, um, but there's a lot going on with this. Uh, You know, we we found out, I believe, last episode, it may have been two episodes ago, that in order for Ramsay's, um, uh, you know, I guess, blood work, essentially, to take effect, the people have to feel fear, um, and so, you know that that struck me when I first heard it, and I kind of kept it at the back of my head as being kind of familiar, and familiar to a, um, a comic book story, uh, kind of a big event called Blackest Night. Now, Bell, did you ever read Blackest Night? Um,
0: yes. No, you didn't read Blackest Night.
1: Blackest Night was fantastic.
0: No, I it was kind I, of. I played the hero clicks. Okay, they had, they had not... a HeroClix event that was that was fun. So all right,
1: well you need to you need to read it. It's a, it's a fun read. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was when Jeff Johns kind of you know it was kind of the culmination of him reinventing the character of of Hal Jordan or kind of bringing him back. You had rebirth and you had Sinestro War, and then it kind of led to Blackest Night. And you had this uh, a lot going on within the Green Lanterns with kind of the revelation of the Lantern Corps beyond just the Sinestro Corps and the Green Lantern Corps. You also had one for every color of the rainbow, and they all kind of represented different uh, emotions of the kind of what was kind of known as an emotional spectrum, if I'm remembering appropriately. Um, and and beyond that, beyond just kind of the the colors of the rainbow, so to speak, you had also black and white. You had the Black Lantern Corps, which was kind of this lead up to an event that they were calling the Blackest Night. Um, and that was when the dead were going to rise. And man, throughout this episode, um, I really picked up a lot of Blackest Night uh, nods here. Now, granted, Blackest Night, the comic book series, is very much taking a lot of inspiration from zombie films and just you know horror stories in general, which obviously this episode is as well. But even beyond that, for one thing, in Blackest Night, the comic series, the the black uh, the Black Lanterns, uh, which is kind of these zombified you know risen heroes, are going around and they're kind of consuming people. And they can only see them based on the emotion that they are showing. They kind of see them through the emotional spectrum, which most people they run into are all feeling fear. So for uh, in the comics, fear is represented by the color yellow. So they see them as kind of this, these yellow versions of themselves and they register their ring, their black lantern ring registers as fear. And they're able to, to, if I'm remembering, consume them and kind of use their essence for the, to power up this uh, black lantern. So the the notion that these people are constantly feeling fear, we see Cecile using her powers or unintentionally using her powers, where she's just she's just feeding off the fear and feeding off the emotions of all these zombies that are around her, as they are kind of feeding off the emotions and and taking uh, more and more people into kind of Bloodwork's hive mind. That was one beat that really really kind of spoke you know Blackest Night to me. The other thing is the way in which they kind of defeated everybody through Allegra, uh, and you know specifically kind of her her ultraviolet powers you're know, the notion of all of these different light powers this kind of rainbow light powers uh facing off against this undead black knight foe uh, especially as you know literally the lights are going out and it's becoming a dark night, a blackest night, if you will um, to me it just seems like something's going on here i don't know if that was intentional but i have to imagine it is it's such a major comic book arc um and honestly we could be setting some up stuff up if later on we do get a green lantern and we do want to uh, uh, play around with the concept of a, a Blackest Night type of story on television.
0: Yeah, you know, we, we've also had other, you know, hints of the emotional spectrum uh, through other various villains, and uh, yeah, and so so there is that there, and, and so they've been sowing these seeds for a while, um, and uh, yeah, you know, there's rumors about Green Lantern and stuff like that, so uh, that is an avenue they could go down, which I think would be pretty cool. Uh, it'd be it'd be really neat they kind of introduce the idea and the concepts on the Flash and then they carry that forward and then maybe, you know, if there is a Green Lantern show, the crossover for that year could be uh, Black as Night. And we could have and how cool would that be to have Flash with the, you know, the blue ring, the hope ring and uh well, Oliver's dead. Amazing. Um so I don't know, what he would get of course Batman refused the yellow ring.
1: I don't think Oliver's dead, but all right. So this, but, but you're touching on something, which I think is really interesting, man. Cause like after crisis, how do you follow that up? You know what I mean? Like this is not the end of DC television. If anything, this is maybe even the beginning of a new era in DC television. So, you know, <laughs> they got to keep the momentum going. And I think blackest night is a really great story arc. They could do for a crossover in the future. Uh you mentioned Batman turning down the the yellow lantern ring. I mean if they wanted to do kind of a um, our heroes getting different rings, uh they could give it to Batwoman. She could end up with the the yellow ring, the fear ring. Um, or would she turn but,
0: it down just like Bruce did?
1: She might, but at the same time I think like the opportunity to put each of these heroes like give them each lantern core rings on from like a television interpretation of it would make a lot more sense. Oh for sure. Yeah. So, uh, one way or the other, um, let me know though, by, by the way, cause I I've been arguing that there's, they've been seeding, uh, concepts for blackest night since like the early days of the show. If you think about when the rainbow raider was first introduced and the way they combated his powers through the emotional spectrum, uh, is, and, and the way his powers were actually kind of tied to the emotional spectrum. I'm just saying the groundwork has been laid and if they wanted to, instead of using black hand for that, they could actually bring back blood work. And I think it would it would fit perfectly in the universe that they've set up here in, in the television series. And so you mean I'll instead of Necron?
0: Uh, yeah. Work?
1: No, no, no. Not not uh, not instead of Necron. Um, so Blackhand was uh, the uh, uh, kind of the the individual that Necron used as kind of his.
0: Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha.
1: Yeah. His his harbinger, if you will. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so all that to say, I saw Black as Night. I really want to hear if y'all saw that as well, just in the use of, you know, from what Cecilia was picking up and the way that Allegro was utilized to kind of combat it. I, I could be wrong. I'd love to see it. In the end, they were able to grab him. They put him in a little Pokeball. I mean, in the cage. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, he got that little little moment of, of clarity with his mom. But um, man, any other thoughts on uh, on any of that, uh, on blood work in particular and, and kind of the, uh, the, the the final battle, as it were?
0: Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, super neat and everything. Uh, Again, you know, the the whole mental battle thing was kind of uh, uh, redeemed, at least a little bit. It it was less irritating to me that, that, or not irritating. uh, I was less uh, disappointed because we got those little hints that Barry was actively still fighting him when he didn't kill Iris. When he gave him those little hints, and so that was that was cool. And again, seeing the you know full blown blood work was was really neat. And and this is this is this is wonderful that they had this short. Sort of, uh, almost like a third season because it's only eight episodes, which is not half a season, but it's it's close enough, I guess. If you if you take the crisis episodes, I don't know. Anyway, yes, I I loved it. I'm so glad they have finally done it, and I hope they continue to do this for every season. Have like you know two maybe three villain story arcs, and I just I'm I'm so glad they finally did it, and I loved it. I think two
1: is solid, man. I think I think um, you know I don't know how that impacts their budget if that allows them to get. You know, uh, really quality, maybe even some uh, pretty, pretty major guest actors to come in for, um, you know, for these kind of half seasons. But yeah, it seems like this could have been the setup because of Crisis, and that was kind of this was kind of a a byproduct of that. I hope, I hope that the takeaway from the creative teams behind this is that like, hey, let's just do this anyway going forward because it works so well. It works so well. Like, I guarantee we are going to walk away from this season. Uh, feeling like we essentially got two in one yeah, uh, and, and a big special event, you know, right in the middle of it, right at Christmas, man, a big Christmas present that is uh a crisis, which we are about to talk about here. Um, before I do that, man, one other thing I got to mention about this episode. <sighs> mm, I loved it. I really did. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, I did see things as predictable and that doesn't bother me so much as it does when the characters don't, see them as predictable because i've i figured out the i figured out that barry was trying to talk to cisco and iris from inside uh his body or or what have you like 30 minutes before they did and and they they should have known especially cisco man like ah why 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 can't why is Cisco not been Cisco are we gonna find out this is a doppelganger like eh. are we gonna find out for like for the last three seasons maybe since Flashpoint we've been dealing with a doppelganger or did Flashpoint just like totally break Cisco
0: well that was that was the thing I, I kind of noticed you know Cisco was kind of disappointed in him this episode too because he was very quick to say you know oh well you know that's what we've been planning for is to lose Barry so we might as well just give up now and shoot him with a laser gun that's gonna kill him uh, <laughs> a cancer that, that, laser gun a cancer laser gun yeah like I, it just seemed it seemed very non Cisco and so that was that was uh, another kind of like, eh moment to me. Where I'll, I don't know what they're doing with the characterization of Cisco. I don't know if they just needed uh, a, a voice of dissent against Iris in that situation, and so they just said Cisco's with her. We'll just do that. But yeah, yeah it didn't feel like Cisco. I, I feel like you know, the contingency plan sort of thing is Cisco. That's sure. But I, I feel like he would. I mean, he's known him for so long. Like I feel like he would. He would. He would be one of those people like iris to say no he's still in there we got to do something and hold on wait what did he say to you oh this is no this is something it's got to be something special or you know oh, yeah it's barry for sure but yeah he, he was he was very quick to just be like nah let's blast him yeah
1: <sighs> you know i'm always a big i'm a, always a larger fan of characters driving the plot rather than plot driving the characters and sometimes we've seen that done very well and sometimes we've not so much and i think some characters end up driving the plot more so than other uh, other otherwise. And, uh, you know, I think in the early days of the show, Cisco was one of those characters that was one of the characters that helped drive the plot. And he hasn't been, and he hasn't been since Flashpoint. He's been a character very much that the plot has driven him, uh, which is unfortunate because he, he has been such a powerhouse and, and I would like to see him come back in, in a, in a large way. Um, you know, but it is what it is. I do like that, that the weight was put on Cisco and Iris in particular, regardless of, of how quick they were able to, to figure things out or, or how long it took them. Um, I like that Iris was much, you know, much more, you know, kind of uh, gung-ho about like, we got we to gotta figure this out. We got to get them out, um, you know, he he can't die today. He's supposed to die tomorrow. You know, yeah, he's <laughs> supposed to just, die in
0: four hours. <laughs> yeah. Like what
1: was all this for? If we're just going to let him die, you know, right now, like we, like, yeah. it's just, and so you almost kind of see these two kind of mindsets at work, right? Like one planning for the future and one dealing with the reality of the now. And I, I, I again, this seems a little out of character because I feel like Iris would be the better mindset of handling the crisis at the moment, whereas Cisco would be more of a long-term crisis of tomorrow type of thinker from what we've seen in previous seasons. Um, but anyway, that's just, that's just a small critique overall. Uh, you know, I, I loved the, uh, the, the episode. I thought it was a fantastic mid-season finale and did a great job of wrapping up things as we move into the crisis for Bell. Uh, man, the the, the the skies were turning red, a fantastic shot of everybody standing there looking at the skies. Uh, we got a, a, a scene of Nash uh, throughout this episode. He was down below and fighting some zombies, and he's got some issues with the monitor, as we have found out a couple times this season so far, and now the monitor has taken him behind the metal wall where he's going to... Spoilers. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say spoilers yet, But but anyway
0: yeah so nash being a man of science to so quickly think that the monitor saved him in that situation and to not you know see or feel or hear or or anything about the ultraviolet pulse when he you know just moments before had allegra help him with an ultraviolet situation seems kind of weird to me
1: yeah uh this so bell i don't know if you know this and and uh, we we're about to more do a do a full transition here. We're not we're not we're not doing the full transition yet because I want to make sure we give a a definitive spoiler warning before we do and we're not talking spoilers yet. Um but Bell, I don't know if you know this, but on Supergirl and and Arrow and and kind of the DC TV shows, um the scene that we got at the end of this episode with Nash talking with the monitor and kind of being sucked into the wall. Uh, that is the scene that every single show is getting as they move into the crisis like that is the thing as you recall last year bell we had um earth 90 flash and his earth right and like all the dead heroes and everything you remember this scene yeah uh phenomenal epic apocalyptic all that kind of great stuff um and now we're getting you know harrison wells number seven being sucked into a metal wall by by granted the monitor but still um to me, it doesn't quite have the gravitas that last season's like like cross-show teaser had.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I was sitting there waiting for it the whole time, and when it didn't come on, I was like, well, did it come on after the credits? And so I can't watch it when I stream it? And I yeah like it you knew that this was something special when you saw freaking john wesley ship as the flash was,
1: you had you had freaking a uh, smallville arrow lion dead face in the dirt
0: yeah yeah like you knew this this was big and this is something special but like i never got that because nash for us has been sitting at that wall for the last three episodes and so exactly. it, yeah it, it didn't feel it didn't feel like uh like when for everybody in.
1: else they don't care man they like they don't know who this is i yeah. mean it's tom Cavanaugh, and you know nobody's going to complain about tom Cavanaugh being in their show but I mean, like, I, I, I would argue that, because I, I saw Arrow this week, and again, we're not talking spoilers here, but, but I will say that what, what's true over there is definitely true this episode, which is that the moment before the scene uh, of Nash was a better moment to leave things on into crisis than, than leaving it on Nash. Like, the entire team cascaded in that room. Great, great shot absolutely great shot. Everybody is staged so perfectly. The skies are turning red. We're seeing that reflection. We're seeing, ba- oh man. Okay. So when, when Barry and Iris were holding hands in that, like it reminded me of, okay, this is, I mean, hmm, sorry, this, it's kind of an emotional thing, but so it reminded me of seeing loved ones um, hold hands as they go into the operation room. So it reminded me of somebody in our family, very, very, very close to um, especially my wife uh, like like him holding his wife's hand before going into the emergency room not knowing if he's going to come back you know what I mean like like it's one of those deals where like you the treatment has been planned you know this is coming you know that this is probably the end and this is the last ditch you know and now it's and now it's happened so like you know the day before you, you were, you know, sharing stories and everything else, but you know, this is coming. It's not like a surprise. You got shot. It's like, we're planning for this and, and we don't know what's going to happen. And they played that so well. And that had weight to it. And it was gorgeous with the red lights and, and everything else. Yeah. That would have been for my, for my money, a better way to leave this episode than leaving it on Nash.
0: Yes. Uh, And I think every show should have a scene like that in it uh, with all of their characters confronting the giant red skies. Uh, I think, you know, like, because I would be shocked
1: if if most shows don't have that. I think I, I would be I would be shocked if most shows don't have that.
0: You know what I mean? Right, but like you know, you couldn't show Team Flash on Supergirl with the crisis coming. Like I, I think that was great for Team Flash and I agree with everything you're saying about it. I think but I think it's it's better for Flash fans to see that and it'd be better for Supergirl fans to see her team, you know, staring it down or for mm. Batwoman's team to see it staring it down. Like I think I I think all of those should have a similar moment. Yes. I think the problem here is that they have to introduce uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Fair yeah. Enough, for for
0: something I'm not going to talk about yet because we're not talking about it yet.
1: Okay. So we're getting we're getting way too close to this. But so let's let's just go ahead and just say this. Um, all in all, great episode. Uh, Bell apparently felt a little disappointed until he saw blood work. I I was thoroughly satisfied throughout. I really really thought it was great.
0: Hold on. Let me clarify. Like I I I, I was expecting something that didn't happen, but. So that made me a little disappointed, but seeing other things that Barry was hinting, you know, hinting at and and the the coded messages he was leaving lessened that disappointment. And overall, I was was impressed and I enjoyed it.
1: All right. Good deal. Well, that's going to bring us to this week's The Road Road to to Crisis. Crisis. Okay. Before we jump into this, this week, I understand next week is the crisis, right? Next week it's coming. Uh, we're going to cover what we're about to discuss. I, I'm not giving the spoiler warning just yet, but what what if you stick around? This is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear some discussion about Arrow uh, last week because we never had a chance to, to address some of those things and and the season finale of Arrow uh, as it pertains to Crisis. Um, and then we're going to talk about this preview that was released that I think is insanely spoilery, like to the extent that I actually kind of wish I had not seen it. <laughs> um, and so I just, if you haven't seen it, then and you want to remain spoiler free um, again, join us uh, next week. We will be doing the, um, uh, the you know, we'll, we'll, we'll actually, we will go live. We'll probably go live almost immediately after the episode with the live podcast from Austin. If you're in Austin and want to come join us, get your tickets before Friday, tvtalk.fm is the place to do it. Um, yeah. All that kind of great stuff. Yes. So there's that, but spoilers are a coming. This is your final warning. Okay. Bell yes light stuff first let's talk about arrow um so over on arrow we've been talking about we can kind of tracking the road to crisis that uh, Oliver's been kind of an errand boy for the monitor and then they were gonna try to you know kill the monitor and then they changed their minds and then Laura was gonna betray him for the monitor and then she changed her minds and then it turned out that the monitor is actually a good guy even though they've been kind of saying he's a bad guy and but at the same time you can't quite trust him and then everybody found out that Lila is working with the monitor. So that that's now confirmed. Uh, the team arrow is, is very much aware of this. And in the season finale, uh, she actually does become harbinger. Um, the thing they've been building, they go to the Island and they build it and it, uh, inexplicably takes her away and then brings her back. And now she's not fully Lila. Ly- Instead. She is now like harbinger from the comics. Okay why and to what purpose i do not know <laughs> but, <laughs> but she got a costume now <laughs> that's about it we also got the confirmation that she has been working with the monitor since before the series began um that's uh in kind of her backstory that before uh, the season she,
0: began or before be, the series before uh,
1: arrow season one began
0: oh okay 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 yeah
1: her old backstory she was uh, she was in the army there was an explosion yada 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 she um should have died, didn't die. Now she's been like a kind of a, a you know, his gal Friday for the, for the monitor, so to speak, on Earth One. Okay. But she hasn't been, I don't think, she's not been super, she's not been meta up until now, and we don't technically know whether or not she has any kind of powers or anything like that. She did, she, she did come back with a new costume, and she did say that she's not really Lila anymore. Now she's a harbinger. And that's about the extent of what we know with her right now. Now, the other component to this is Pariah who you speculated for the longest time. I think that Nash was going to be Pariah. Is that right? Yeah. I I did not, I didn't buy, I didn't subscribe to that mindset, but uh, I was wrong. Nash is definitely Pariah. Uh, He went, he got sucked into the wall. He's going to become Pariah and will be, spat back out as the monitor to likely go and recruit some of the heroes because we've seen already, at least on black lightning, uh, a teaser for black lightning that Pariah and Barry go to get black Lightning.
0: So I'm kind of confused though, because I thought Pariah was an agent of the anti monitor in the comics. Well,
1: so we don't really fully know how the TV show is going to do this. Um, they've talked about how there are these paragons that there are a set number of heroes that can stop the crisis or not stop the crisis. Cause that, that is one thing that has been very true, especially on arrow. They have like beat over the head. There is no stopping the crisis. In fact, Harbinger even tells the team, I think at least twice in the finale that this is, you know, you, you know, we're not doing this to stop the crisis. You can't stop the crisis. Yeah. It is, it is a hundred percent coming. That is, that is true. Um, it's more, I suppose about preservation or if I'm remembering correctly, surviving, so this is about surviving the crisis. So these um paragons are going to come into play to basically allow the multiverse to survive the crisis that's coming. Um it would assume, Bell, that these paragons are the Flash, Arrow, Batwoman, Black Lightning, Supergirl, likely Superman, um uh, could be Superman all things considered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Um, so there's, yeah, there's, there's kind of a question. What's going on? My guess is there's also one like the, the Adam is also, uh, one of these. I have a feeling that Ray Palmer is likely going to die. If he has not
0: already on legends, uh, legends hasn't started yet. It starts after crisis.
1: Oh snap. All right. Well, he's going to, I, my guess is that he is going to die early on in the crisis and that's going to be a problem because they need Adam to be one of these paragons, which means that they're going to have to kind of create a new one. Um, that's my that's my assumption uh that might also you know never know maybe that leads him to uh to to his version of superman but we'll find out um okay that's that's it for arrow and so there's not not anything too heavily spoilery there have you seen (laughs) have you seen this trailer have you seen this teaser trailer
0: i saw it yesterday at work uh i couldn't really like focus on it because there's some other stuff going on um but I do remember bits and pieces of it. It's insanely spoilery.
1: It basically gives away a a major story element of the crisis. Um, We have been wondering as a fan community, if we would see a blending of worlds and based on this trailer, unless it's highly misleading, it looks like that is exactly what's going to happen. We know from this trailer that the, that the final quote unquote final battle uh, is going to be earth 23 or rather the earth that, um, is on. And we also get the sense from this trailer that during that final battle, it's not going to go well. And that during that final trailer, we learn that they are going to evacuate that earth. Uh, it's not specified to where, but I think earth one is a very strong guess, (laughs) a very (laughs) strong guess. Um, And that what will probably happen is that that Earth will be destroyed. Now, whether or not it is, uh, you know, the the last Earth to be destroyed and they they are successful there or something of that nature. But I have a feeling that that Earth is gone and that this is how Supergirl and all of her people uh, and a lot of people from that Earth and a lot of the heroes from that Earth are going to end up on Earth one as our new Earth one heroes.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they show in the trailer Supergirl's Earth getting destroyed?
1: I think they do, Belle. I yeah, think they do. Yeah. So that is a major. Like, I'm shocked they put that in the trailer.
0: uh yeah. I mean, I you know, I've, I've been speculating that's what was going to happen for the longest time. And I didn't
1: know. I thought we were might get like more of like a mergey type stuff. But I, 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 are are a few characters coming over? I didn't realize that this is how they were going to you know merge, like like literally like you know, kind of Earth Earth. 23 36 30 I can't remember what number it is. But anyway, Supergirl Earth refugees coming on over and setting up shop here, which is which is great. I mean, I think it it actually works a lot better than anything <laughs> This is going to sound like a weird way to, to say this, but overly sci-fi, right? <laughs> her her from an alternate Earth and the entire Earth's population that can coming over to the other Earth and living there now for the rest of their lives with their doppelgangers and and yeah, that's way more easy to digest <laughs> than you know, people merging people and now their their histories merge and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I get the feeling though that not many people are gonna make it over from Supergirl's Earth.
1: I think you're right. I think that that the important I think that there's gonna be enough heroes coming in that like so Superman, probably. Uh Supergirl obviously. I think uh, you know, uh, John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. Um, although there's a lot of questions about that. Like uh, you know are there martians on our, our earth you know because he's not from our mars now you know yeah um and then he'll truly I mean, that,
0: be the last of his kind
1: that's that's true uh that i mean is krypton still in one piece are are there are there ma and pa kent on earth you know what i mean yeah i'm just saying there's there's a lot of I I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's fodder for potentially amazing stories, but how much are they going to lean into this or how much is it going to be like, you know, post blip post snap Marvel cinematic universe, like ha ha ha. Look at all the kids reappearing on the thing. And now he was older and now he's older, you know, younger and yada, yada, yada. But now we're just going
0: to go on a field trip and not worry about it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's probably going to be that like, don't get me wrong. It's probably going to be the, let's go on a field trip, but
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I was I was, you know, I kind of thought about a merger was going to was going to be the way they're going to do it um, in the refugee aspect or or see because I don't know because I thought maybe it'd be a thing where like only the heroes survive. And so we're not going to have this situation where we have, you know, literally billions of doppelgangers on Earth because like could you imagine Earth's population if it just doubles just overnight like that would be. Yeah, that would be a, a crisis in and of itself right um it's
1: gonna be interesting bell i mean like there's gonna i mean again it's space gods and multiverse and you know there's a level of like what is it about us there's there's certain things we can turn off our brain on but other things that we just can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) well there's not enough resources yeah space god he ripped kids out of the future which by the way uh, at the end of Arrow, we did kind of get a confirmation that the children of the future coming in to be with Oliver in these final days are a gift from the monitor, and there's kind of a weird thing where you know Oliver wants them to get back, and Diggle says he'll make sure they get back and i'm like how 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 Diggle gonna do that because
0: <laughs> <Like, laughs> he's well, a he's a green lantern
1: when did he oh, maybe. Yeah. That could be that, that I, I'm, I'm still holding out given the fact that they, they kept like blood work going full blood work from us lets me gives me the hope that there's a lot of secrets we still don't know about.
0: Well, I mean, Guggenheim has said on Twitter that there's still one huge like, you know, he said it's a huge secret that they haven't revealed yet. So
1: I like Guggenheim. I don't trust
0: Guggenheim. I'll give you. That.
1: Are you listening? Guggenheim? I like you. So come on the show, but I don't trust you.
0: <laughs> I don't trust. you. I trust you. Oh, yeah.
1: We'll see. You'll we'll yeah. see what ends up happening. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, other spoilery things from this. Uh, I mean, that's really the big one. That that's the one that really. Uh, the, the, the there's there's um, Supergirl Superman uh, rolling up on Tom Welling me like uh, Clark Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I um. I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm so ready. It's Sunday. It's gonna be Sunday. It's Wednesday night right now as we're recording. Hopefully, this episode will get out to you, um, if at all possible, the same night. Uh, our amazing editor Mike is gonna be trying to fast track this uh, this evening, if if at all possible. And so, hopefully, we'll be getting this out to you, you know, asap, uh, because we we are stoked. the The crisis is here. It's uh, getting started on Sunday. Um, Bell, I'm thinking what I may do, and I, you know, I, I don't know this to be the case, um, but you know. Assuming that there's no uh, surprise uh, you know conflicts, I'll probably just jump on Facebook live as soon as the episode is over and just give some hot takes. That'll be kind of exclusive to facebook or or maybe Twitter. I don't know. I'll, I, but I'll probably just jump on quickly and kind of give give some hot takes um, from each episode up until, of course, Tuesday when you and I will be jumping on from Austin. Uh, at the crisis house party it's gonna be a lot of fun like i said we got a, we got a nice intimate group i'm shocked that anybody came i'm like don't get me wrong i am loving that we've got a we got a couple of folks <laughs> but like right smack dab in the middle of december on a tuesday in, in austin texas like y'all are the real heroes so we're 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 excited to uh to chill with a few of y'all and uh and yeah let's let's have some fun about where yeah. are we getting some food from by the way
0: well uh there's a lot of options i was going to talk to you about that and figure out what we what we wanted. Um I mean, do we want barbecue? I mean, kinda, right? It's Austin.
1: But yeah. not everybody likes barbecue. Maybe, you know, that's the thing. Maybe I'll just email it out to everybody. Uh, get your tickets uh, and uh, and you'll be part of that conversation as well. By the way, a lot of conversations going on over at the Discord channel. Uh, become a patron. to Be part of that. Patreon.com slash TV talk is the place to do it. We could not do this podcast without you. That is a thousand percent true. We certainly would not be here uh, enjoying this in the same fashion without you guys, um, spo- uh, you know, su- supporting the show at Patreon.com slash TV talk. Uh, y- Y'all are amazing. Be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter. You can follow me. I'm at The Real Bill York. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. You can also follow the show at Flash TV Talk.
0: But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at Flash at Podesterry.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y.com.
1: We're live now at Facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And if you want to join us for more live shows, that's the place to do it Facebook.com slash
0: Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides excellent music for our show. You can hear the rest of his really cool stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach.
1: Oh, man. Jason's actually pointing out something else we got to talk about real
0: quick. What?
1: I I, want to make sure that we keep this tight because I want to make sure that that Mike is able to get this out. Um, So let me just go ahead and say TVTalk.fm. Great, great podcast stuff and all that kind of great things. Um, Record scratch on the theme music. All right. We got to talk about this real quick. Another major reveal in this trailer. Um, Conroy's Batman. Yeah. In so the suit. But not just that. Uh, the The seeming recognition between him and Bat Batwoman.
0: I'm thinking Doppelganger from Another Earth. I'm thinking Doppelganger from Another Earth, too. But beyond that,
1: I think it's more of context. like Because I don't think that our Batman looks like Kevin Conroy. Or even a, a younger version of Kevin Conroy. I think... I'm still holding out hope that they'll actually get Welling as Bruce Wayne of our Earth. Um Wait, Tom we've Welling seen as this. Bruce Wayne of our Earth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If 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 um if Ralph can be both Adam and Superman, then Welling can be both Smallville Superman and our Batman.
0: Well, the the uh the look of recognition to me would indicate that Kevin Conroy looks like bruce maybe they're in wayne manor he's in a like a
1: bodysuit. come on man i think context wise for someone that knows that bruce wayne is batman can figure this out pretty quickly
0: maybe maybe uh, that's what i'm thinking it's it's, it's another earth kind of thing but like i i i kind of well no i mean i don't think earth One's batman would be as old as conroy
1: no that but that's the thing i think all these earths are out of sync uh i think that now we don't exactly understand how this works Um, It could be more of a generational thing. Obviously the Barry Allen of earth 90 is a man who in our earth is the father of our Barry Allen. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's possible that Kevin Conroy's Batman. um, So it's not that he's from the future per se. It's just that Batman existed earlier in that particular on that particular earth. Right. You, You follow me on that?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Alright, so they're they're the time the times are in sync, but it's still it's an elder version. I mean, we don't know exactly how much uh Kane is seen at this point, right? Um but I mean like they're gonna see a Barry Allen that, that's an old dude.
0: Well, I think that's yeah, not Grant Gustin. I mean it, it it seems like to me it's gonna be a thing where, you know, she's like, Who are you? blah blah blah, and he's like, Kate, and she's you know, Bruce, like, 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 I, I kind of like, you're not what I remember Bruce looking like, you know, who, like, yeah. who are you? Like, how do you know me? You know, maybe you are Bruce. So I, I feel like it's going to be a different earth. Yeah. Um, and they got y-
1: Jorah Mormont, Bruce over on uh, Titans right now.
0: Yeah. You know, he, he's an older Bruce. And so I I don't know. Um, I watch that show so bad. Have yeah. they been
1: bought by Netflix or Disney plus or somebody yet? Or are we still on Disney? <laughs> anyway interesting all right well yeah sorry De- definitely definitely did want to talk about that thank you jason for uh for catching that and uh and getting that in there but no we do have to wrap things up so we can get this out as soon as humanly possible so <laughs> uh again we've already mentioned all the credits but um yes uh queue re- the music uh you know we love <laughs> we love you guys so much again patreon tv talk uh all that great stuff uh and yeah we will see y'all next week don't worry we'll be back in a flash